Hi, this is Ryan Bloom. On today's episode of the Fireside Chat, I have an amazing conversation with my good friend Felipe Landono of Luxa Patio from Miami, Florida. We'll learn a lot from Felipe about his philosophies on outdoors, how he works with clients to envision full outdoor spaces that really encapsulates people's lives how COVID has affected him, the pros and the cons, and most importantly, the story of how he, along with his mother, father, and now brother, have grown Luxapatio since 2005 from a 2,000-square-foot warehouse showroom into one of the finest outdoor showrooms I have ever seen at more than 25,000 square feet with gorgeous merchandising, incredible product, and a level of professionalism and expertise that I have not seen anywhere else. Enjoy today's episode. Nice to see you. Thanks for making the time for this. I've been really excited about this one. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I thought it was a really, really cool idea when you first brought it up. And I'm, I'm really excited to, to chat a little bit about outdoor living and, and share a little bit of our experience and for what it's worth, the bit of knowledge that we've gotten over the years. Well, I think it's a little bit more than a bit, if I understand your story, which I'm going to ask you about in a second. Um, this is the first one of these fireside chats that I've actually had with somebody at the quote unquote dealer or retailer level. All the others that I've done up until now have been with designers, architects, really more at the conceptual level of understanding how they are seeing outdoors evolve in their client demand, in the use of space, in, and I'm asking the question just, you know, outside of COVID. Have you seen a shift in consumer demand and request and request and prioritization of outdoors over the last 10 years? And the overall answer is, yeah. I mean, really important that unlike other guests, um, just being very uh, transparent to our audience that uh, Urban Bonfire and Luxapatio have a working relationship as well. Uh, a very prominent dealer partner of ours, just so uh, that's very uh, clear to our audience, just sort of getting out ahead of it. Um, and I'm really proud of that relationship because since meeting you about two years ago and our, our mutual friend Dale Seiden introduced us originally, um, visiting you, spending time, just seeing how you approach this category. I really, when I, when I do presentations on um, sort of the leaders in the category, if you will, in the US and Canada, I, I put Luxapatio very much at the, at the top of that list. So how did you get there? Tell me a bit about the story. How did this whole thing start, your family, just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've been in business for about 15 years. We started Luxapatio in 2005 uh, as a specifically an outdoor kitchen retailer. Um, we realized at the moment, uh, especially here in the South Florida market, that that particular niche wasn't being served. Uh, there was a couple of players in the industry. There was the uh, barbecues galore out of California, if you're aware of who they are. Um, they had one showroom here locally, but we didn't really see that there was anyone that was doing it the way that we thought it should be approached, which in many ways is, is I think, what has brought us together up till now uh, in the sense that, that we really think it's more lifestyle than anything else. Um, so 2005 Lux and Patio starts as a dedicated outdoor kitchen retailer. We start making custom outdoor kitchens. Uh, we start out of a small warehouse, uh, 2,000 square foot warehouse and showroom. Uh, pretty much just, you know, doing the work, uh, showing up the customer's house, doing the consultations, preparing the quotes, uh, doing the, the turnaround uh, construction of the, the project. 
Um, what we quickly realized is that this segment and particularly uh, the outdoor living side of it and, and everything that comes together was a huge part of, of what people were looking for, uh, particularly in South Florida, right? Uh, the idea of being able to spend time outdoors, of, to hang out with friends and family and, and to get the most out of your home, not just sort of what you have in the four walls, but really, really uh, get the most out of your home. And, and uh, we moved into other products, services like pergolas, like decks, like pavers. Uh, like artifacts, like outdoor furniture, um, like pools. And, and we really started to offer the full turnkey service for our clients with the idea that it, it's, it's specifically that it, it's the lifestyle more than anything else. It's about creating a space that really helps you get the most out of your home. Um, that brings us to where we are now, uh, 35,000 square foot showroom in Miami, um, you know, servicing a, a big portion of the South Florida market. And that's all the way up to Broward, Boca Raton, and down to the Upper Keys. And it really is a passion for us. It's a very exciting thing to be able to come into someone's home, come into someone's life, and help them uh, design this with, with the idea that you're going to be using it, you're going to be able to gather with friends and family and really enjoy it and make the most out of it. Um, particularly nowadays, especially with, with the COVID situation now, I think that's what a lot of folks really appreciate. I completely agree with you. And one of the things that's always fascinated me, even in markets like South Florida, where you have, you know, incredible weather comparatively to so many places, uh, certainly comparatively to Montreal, because half of our city em empties out in the winter and goes down to, to South Florida, as, as you know, <laughs> um, probably not this year. But one of the things that's always both fastened me and in some ways kind of bothered me is that how different the historic experience is for the consumer on the indoor versus the outdoor kitchen design and implementation experience. And I say that because if you look at the indoor kitchen, uh, typically not driven first by appliance, driven first by layout, functionality, uh, how people use the space, how they celebrate, and appliances are typically a secondary choice. I've never heard a kitchen designer say, let's pick a range first, and then we'll build everything else around that stove or that range. But so, for so long in outdoor, because it was really the appliance retailer or the grill retailer who serve that outdoor kitchen client, mm -hmm. that same client would go there about an outdoor kitchen to activate a space in the way that you do. And they would be met with, all right, let's pick a grill, a 36, a 42, a this, a that, and then focusing on an appliance first. Have you seen that in, in the way you position your envisioning process with your clients as a how do you do it to, to stand out and really be different from the quote unquote barbecue shop or the appliance store? Yeah, that, that's a very good question. And I think part of what we really try to do with our sales process is, is to really start the conversation around exactly what you said, less so about the appliance per se, but really sort of understanding the purpose of the space, right? And, and the layout of your outdoor kitchen and, and the shape and the look that you're going for. Um, but we do encounter that a lot with folks that are really coming in um, focused primarily on the appliance, right? And, and maybe it's the experience that they get in other you know, brick and mortar stores, appliance stores, where the conversation is purely around the appliance. And in that sense, you're, you really narrow the possibilities of what that outdoor kitchen can be. Um, 
because I, I really believe that the trick in many ways is to build that conversation similar to what the conversation you would have if you're doing an indoor kitchen. So um, a lot of the ways that we approach the, the, the concepts that we come up with, the designs that we present to the client is by taking a look at maybe what they have going on inside of their house, if we're lucky to come out and visit them, uh, but by also really kind of understanding the space first and then talking um, you know, a lot of the times about the finishes. And then the last thing that we tend to tackle is the appliance site. But um, the tricky thing there is sort of having that shift when you first start that conversation with the client, particularly because some folks are still very intimidated by this product, um, you know, because it, it does seem a bit overwhelming and, and they don't really approach it in the way that you would approach an indoor kitchen, which for all intents and purposes is a major remodel product or major remo remodel project. Um, so sort of changing that dynamic as you start the conversation around an outdoor kitchen and focusing in on design, focusing on functionality, focusing on layout and, and how do you think that you're going to use this space and what are the things that matter to you, um, both from a cooking point of view, which is really crucial when you're investing all this money into, into the build out of an outdoor kitchen. I, I, I don't want to take away from the importance of the appliances. But I really see it a lot more as, as creating functional spaces and then bringing in the appliances to um, serve the purpose that, that you want out of it. You know, my partner, Stefan, who you know and you've met several times, he always reminds me, and as we're talking about things, we often have to take a step back and say to ourselves, an indoor kitchen is a need, an outdoor kitchen is a want. And they are in some ways, and I think that that historic gap is reducing all the time as people see the two spaces with greater alignment. Mm -hmm. Since you've been doing this through, since basically for 15 years, really in the early stages of your business, going through 2008, 2009, and the, the hardship that must have been to weather that, can you identify or, or talk about how the consumer has changed? Are they coming in to see you better educated, more inspired? Uh, are the requests and things that they're asking for different? Um, you know, is it getting away from, I just need an outdoor island that's just satisfied that idea of it to what you're describing? How are you seeing the customer changing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the one thing that is true throughout the years is that we are getting a more educated client. Uh, in, in that beginning stage of, of, you know, right when we started the 2005, 2006, and even as we went through, um, you know, the economic downturns of 2008, um, I, I think us that are in this segment are lucky in the sense that we target a high-end uh, sort of a luxury client, people who are quite affluent and in many ways are, are not as affected by economic downturns as, as some other folks would be. So, you know, I would lie to you if I told you that those were very difficult times for us. We were able to cruise through, through that period, um, you know, quite comfortably because we were targeting that high-end client. Um, but what we've seen in the in the year since is that now we have a more educated client. Uh, we have someone that understands a little bit more of the layout of the space of what they're working with and a customer that's looking for a lot more than just the grill, right? So a lot of our work back then was probably the smaller five foot islands with just the grill and the access doors. Uh, no real thought behind uh, the refrigeration or, or 
uh, you know, the sinks uh, and, and even a lot of the cool appliances that you see in the marketplace now, like these Asado type grills, this pizza ovens, um, you know, I can go on and on about all the really unique products that, that our segment has to offer. Um, but now we see customers interested in that, right? And obviously a lot of it is folks that are doing the research and being hired by content that's out there on the web, uh, maybe folks that are visiting our website and are seeing some of the projects that we've done and, and, and getting inspiration. Um, but in that sense, we really see a client that is much more interested in a, in a more comprehensive build out of an outdoor kitchen than what would have been the traditional product that was more uh, in the marketplace 10, 15, 20 years ago, which was, you know, really in many ways, just your, 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 your freestanding grill. And that sort of moved in to a small island. And now uh, where I think the segment is in really doing large build outs, more functional spaces, and, and the customer seems to be uh, educated in that. Um, you know, that being said, I think our market gets a, everything, right? You get the person who really knows what they want and who really uh, has a sense of the space and understands what would work. And that is an easy customer to work with uh, a lot of the times. It's a customer that, that you know, will understand the language that you're speaking, but you also get the other client, the person who you really have to spend a little bit of time educating and, and making sure that they understand what you're trying to accomplish here and the vision that you have behind the project. And hopefully they share that passion and that vision too for what they want to accomplish. And then you work with them to, to really get them up to speed on, on what this segment has to offer. Having been in your showroom, not only, you know, the indoor part, and then also basically, if I'm not mistaken, even a bigger space outdoors. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because <clears throat> a bit of a segue, it's often as we're talking to a new potential dealer partner of ours that people want to put displays outdoors. Very common. In fact, we want to show it outdoors. And one of the things that Urban Bonfire made the decision on is that, you know, if you want to have a display outdoors, great, but we require an indoor display because no matter how good you are, keeping something looking clean and shiny and beautiful outdoors is harder than in an indoor oh. environment. Yet your outdoor, to call it a showroom would be, uh, you know, not even right. It's almost, it's an entire experience of different colors and textures and, and all set up in a vignette-like way. How do you use your indoor and outdoor spaces for your clients? How do you make the decision of what to show indoor, sure. what to show outdoor? Help me understand that. Yeah, um, you know, uh, one of the things that we kind of understood early on uh, when we were lucky enough to be able to move into this large space is that we had a really unique opportunity to present our product in, in the livable space, right? Uh, I mean, we had a unique opportunity to create a space where customers can come in and imagine that in their house, right? So putting all the different aspects together, creating mini environments in the showroom so that you feel that you can live in it a little bit before you decide to make a a significant purchase. So um, that is always the, the main thing that we keep in mind when we are doing new things in the showroom is are we creating a functional space that people can be inspired by? Um, but the point that you bring up is crucial and that's uh, sort of an everyday fight for us and doing things outdoor and upkeep of those things 
our outdoor space, and it's about 25,000 square feet, is cleaned daily, uh, and that's washed and dried. Uh, and, and particularly in our situation where we're fairly close to Miami International Airport and we have hundreds of planes landing um, throughout the day, we get a lot of jet fuel dust that just lands on top of everything. So the upkeep of it is, is a tremendous task that we're lucky enough to have people that are in charge of doing that on a daily basis. Um, you know, primarily the stuff that we'll choose to put outdoor is mainly large structures like the pergolas, like samples of the pavers, like artificial grass, things that maybe from a maintenance point of view don't require as much. And then when we do outdoor kitchen displays, uh, those will typically go undercover for a, a, you know, underneath a pergola, underneath an umbrella, what have you. Uh, but primarily most of our outdoor kitchen displays will be featured inside as is our urban bonfire display. Uh, for the purposes of the two main reasons, really, one is the upkeep, of course, but the other thing that's important for us is we're in South Florida, our summers are brutal, and we spend, you know, a good amount of time around the, this, particularly the outdoor kitchen displays, talking about, you know, the different options and different finishes, so it's just a more comfortable uh, scenario for the customer to discuss all these things. I want to shift to talking about women, and I want to bring this up because and please disagree with me if, if you think that I'm, that I'm wrong, but I think for a really long time, outdoor cooking and outdoor kitchen was a very male-centric category. There was this kind of idea that the grill or the barbecue was really sort of man's territory, and it was kind of left that way. And when we were, and as you know, we started very much like you, we started in retail, Stefan and I, we had our retail showroom and we were selling our kitchens, but selling a lot of the grill brands that, that you, that you carry in that experience. Mm -hmm. And I remember couples or families coming in and there was this really almost like this predefined notion that my husband was going to pick the grill. Right. And in our studies, and as I've looked at it, I, I've, I've said, you know, it's if you look at what actually is the statistics of what drives family purchases, whether that's couple, a couple with kids or other, incredibly female driven. And we've been seeing mm -hmm. this change over the last four or five years at the grill brand level in terms of features at the way they're marketed at adding in things that are softening like colors, things like that. What's your experience with this? Do you see this change? Are you at, at your consumer level? Do you, I'd love to get your thoughts on this because you're, you're really yeah. in it at that level. Um, yeah, I mean, I think for a long time, the, the, this industry as a whole has is, is made a mistake in sort of overlooking the, the important role that women the decision of a product like this because like you said it feels like it's a barbecue right so it's a man's thing and um you know he's going to choose he's going to decide I'm, I'm sort of hands off on that approach and really uh, on the ground the the tr that can't be further from the truth the, the family as a whole not just uh, the woman has such a, a significant impact on on the layout the design the finishes uh, but we really find that um you know interacting and engaging with, with the woman of the house is crucial um, because using the finishes, she just has a lot more input in the overall layout. Um, and, and really, I think focusing this as a, not just a male oriented product, but a, a family oriented product, but really a product for anyone, right? Uh, you know, uh, uh, we see the majority of our designers that we work with are women uh, versus men. 
and and they really understand and dominate the subject fairly well uh, as far as the space, as far as the layout, as far as what you can accomplish in a certain space. Um, so I, I, I don't see this product. I don't think we've ever seen this product as a male centric product, even though it is uh, a barbecue and it is an outdoor kitchen. And uh, it really is for us a family product that involves everyone. Um, you know, we've had situations where we have an entire family come to our showroom and we get to spend a little bit of time and then talk to the wife, talk to the husband, but also talk to the kids. Um, and, and really the feedback of, uh, you know, we had a situation maybe about two weeks ago where I was on the floor on a Saturday and I was helping a family uh, and there was a, a teenage son that was involved in the conversation. And yeah, he was thinking about, you know, being able to invite his friends and his uh, and the barbecue and, and hang out in the backyard. So really, really a family product more so than a male uh, driven product. And I think our, our segment is taking a little bit of the time to, to adapt to that and to speak um, to, to the entire family, not just uh, to the man of the house, assuming that he's the one that's making the decision on the purchase. It's an interesting point talking about families and that experience. And it, it leads me kind of to the another question I wanted to ask you about. I think for a lot of the time, and you said earlier, people didn't necessarily even consider a kitchen. Their view was either a cart model freestanding grill or one of those kind of five foot or six foot sort of islands that just had a, a grill in it. And I think that over the last, you know, decade, the the availability of different types of equipment where you can do almost anything outdoors that you do indoors from refrigeration to ice to dishwashers now to all these types of things. And I think that for a long time, people didn't necessarily think about or make the same investment outdoors because there were kind of blinders that the outdoor barbecue was for hot dogs and burgers and basically simple stuff. Mm -hmm. Yet now the offering, if you, if you allow people to explore the realm of possibility on what can be done with outdoor cooking appliances, it's infinite. Are you seeing a shift in a change in people's approach to what they want to do outdoors? Um, what they're requesting and the fact oh, yeah. that you have such an amazing array of different appliances, forget whatever the brands are, but you know, when people think about all that they can do, how are you, how are you seeing that? And have the appliance companies with the amount of offering they now have, which is much more than it was 10 years ago, oh, yeah. I'm sure when you started, how mm -hmm. is that, how's that helping you to help people realize the, the vision of what's possible outdoors? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the the really exciting thing about it is it helps folks really see this as, as you know, their, like, like you guys say all the time, their kitchen outdoors, right? The, the full range of, that you can bring out to the outdoor kitchen. Um, one of the things that, that we've seen, and this kind of goes back to one of your earlier questions, is folks being a lot more educated, right? So whereas before we had clients that would come in and, oh, you know, I'm, I just need a barbecue and then sort of every other item was an afterthought. Every other item's like, sure, why not? Let's have a trash. Yeah, let's have maybe a side burner. But it, it was never really a, a full list of items that they had in mind for the functionality purpose. It's just the grill and then everything else kind of comes after. Um, what we see a lot more of is folks really getting excited about the power burners, about the pizza ovens, about um, the, the teppanyaki style griddles, about the refrigeration and those things being important parts of, of the outdoor kitchen layout. So 
Uh, whereas before you'd really just start with the barbecue and then just kind of filling the gaps as you would. Uh, a lot of our conversations now are around the full setup, right? The, the, the top, what are the top four or five things really want to have up for us? It, definitely the barbecue always going to be the leader, but refrigeration matters. Uh, you know, accessories uh, for like trash and clinks matter a lot to folks. Um, um, power burners matter. Um, so really folks have in our market, a sense of a lot more items that they want to incorporate. And, uh, you know, it, it makes it easier to having the showroom and having all this, uh, the different displays to walk people through it. But really we see a lot of people a lot more interested in more items and, and those being an important beginning phase of their design as opposed to an afterthought. Well, I think you're right. And I think there's a lot of factors in that. One of them is just the absolute popularity of cooking that has happened where, you know, celebrity chefs are like rock stars mm -hmm. and it's much easier for someone to think about how to use or be inspired on what to do than it would have been pre-YouTube and pre-podcast and pre-all these things. You know, the average person today can educate themselves and be inspired and go to a, a Whole Foods or a specialty market and get quality ingredients and really understand how to put those together in a way that, you know, my parents didn't when I was uh, when I was a little kid. I mean, we ate very well, but it was very, very simple. And today right. it's a completely different, different thing. I know that Luxapatio, or I'd like to hear a little bit about um it is, was a family business. Right. And tell me a little bit about that. I mean, the idea of the, of, of a family business sounds amazing where everyone has their roles and their responsibilities, but what's it like building this incredible brand and business with your family and the, what are the great parts? What are the challenges? What's, what's that like for you? Yeah. I mean, um, this company, like, like I told you a little bit earlier, started in 2005, and it was really my, my dad and my mom who started the business. And, and my dad has always been incredibly entrepreneurial. He's had many businesses in the past, uh, and most of which have been quite successful. Um, I, the family was at a point in between businesses. We had recently sold a, a business that we had before, which was in that uh, party rental uh, segment. And we were looking for something to do. And, and my father um, had the idea of, of uh, you know, the, the concept of a custom outdoor kitchen, a true custom outdoor kitchen. And, um, you know, he ran with it and it, it was an incredible amount of work and sacrifice. I was 15 years old at the time. So my involvement was limited, even though I was on the weekends helping carry these massive outdoor kitchens, which we used to pre-build in our warehouse and, and carry over fences and, and get them and installing them. Um, so I, being exposed to that is, at, at such a young age was very motivating for me and, and very inspiring and, and seeing sort of the hard work that went into it. Um, you fast forward, uh, you know, 10 years in the future, uh, I'd recently uh, had graduated from college and I was becoming a part of the company. And of course, my, my mom and my dad were still part of the company. I was joining full time. Uh, two years later, my brother joins as well. And, and I think it's always interesting to work with family and, and it really tests your family dynamic in many ways. And, and I, I don't think it's the right fit for all families. Yeah, I should say that. Um, for us, it's been challenging at times. Uh, it's also been incredible at times to be able to share that experience together, to 
to see the growth year after year and know that we've all done our part to help. And, and the one thing that's been incredibly helpful in, in being able to work well with each other is um, sort of respect everyone's role and respect everyone's lane, uh, right? So I, I'm the director of sales and marketing and that really is department and I have uh, final decisions on anything that happens in that department. Uh, my brother is the director of operations and he oversees the execution of all of our jobs and it is really his final call. My mother oversees accounting and then uh, my father still has a very dynamic role where he's involved in all departments and none at the same time. So we really give him the freedom uh, to, 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 you know, step in in certain places when he's needed, be, be able to step out so he doesn't have uh, you know, the day-to-day -day responsibilities that we have. Um, that I think has been the success for us. And so I think it's made uh, overall our family bond stronger uh, because it, it really brought us together. And part of that, I think too, is, you know, in what we do, we really have a passion for it um, because we saw the impact that that had on our own family, right? Um, after a little while of, of the company being in business, we were able to do uh, a nice remodel uh, in the home that we used to live uh, uh, during the time. And the biggest impact that that had is, is it brought us together every Sunday, no matter what happened, no matter, uh, you know, if you had gone out the night before, uh, every Sunday we would get together at home in the afternoon and spend the whole afternoon by the outdoor kitchen, by the pool, hanging out. So um, we really have a passion for what we do. We really think at, at the core of what we do, we help families come together by creating these spaces. And that that's a really motivating thing. Um, you know, and I'm incredibly lucky to be able to do that with my family. If, if anything, uh, COVID has been a uh, obviously horrific for so many people for almost everybody has been obviously affected by it. But I think one of the if you can talk about any form of silver lining in it, I think it has made people and their families come closer together in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, certainly has here. I mean, we're currently in a position where our restaurants are closed again. Uh, my wife is a, is a yoga instructor with uh, several studios here in Montreal. They're all closed. We are really together as a family within our four walls all the time. Um, what's interesting uh, is, and I'd like your thoughts on this as it relates to COVID, and, and I empathize with uh, Florida has been one of the hardest hit states in the U.S. along with California and Texas, obviously with also one of the largest populations, of course. But right. I did some research, and if you look at the month of May, the searches for the term outdoor kitchen on Google doubled, a 100% increase in that month. Right. If if one of the things that COVID has done is gotten people to say, I'm not traveling, potentially, uh, I'm not going to have a sweet 16 for my daughter with 200 people, whole bunch of different effects. And I'm going to channel that attention, that investment, that time into, in many people's cases, the least activated space in their homes. And that is for many people, even very mm -hmm. wealthy people, even in people in South Florida where the weather is amazing is the outdoors, which is still many, many years behind the indoors in so many cases. Oh, yeah. what, mm -hmm. what has your experience been through COVID? Um, not, I'm not asking on, on your business, but just in the way interacting with clients having to change, I imagine going through Zoom and platforms more than the traditional face-to-face -face in some ways. 
what has been your experience through through COVID for you and, and your staff? Yeah. Um, you know, going into uh, the beginning of this year, February and March, we were really nervous about, you know, what the future lied ahead. Um, obviously, we were quickly realizing that this thing was coming and it was coming hard. Um, and there was really nothing that we can do to, to, to stop it at, at that point. So um, we went into shutdown end of March, early um, uh, April and leading up the weeks leading up to that shutdown, we saw a huge decrease in our leads. Uh, we typically uh, were averaging about 200 leads a month for the last two weeks. Those were really, really decreased. And that, that was something that made us um, quite nervous. Um, what really ended up happening is uh, obviously we transitioned our staff to work from home. We were shut down for about 45 days. Uh, during that time, we've implemented virtual consult. So we were doing a lot of, uh, you know, at least initial consultations over Zoom or, or really we were using uh, um, um, Microsoft Teams for, for that and, and implemented that whole suite of Microsoft to be able to work from home. Um, but come April, um, come June, we saw a huge, huge increase in leads. And what that showed us was that people were really looking for this product for for. You know, the, like you said, the folks that weren't traveling anymore, the folks that weren't investing on their sweet 16s now saw the opportunity to do this. And even the folks who, who for them, the, the backyard was really sort of an afterthought or a place that they didn't really use too much. Now being stuck at home as I was for 45 days, uh, there were days where I would go and sit in my backyard and work there all day because I just, I was exhausted of just being in a room all day. So, um, you know, our leads were up uh, during those months, uh, almost 100%, 120%. And in June, uh, July was a very good month. We are still up about 80% on where we were pre-pandemic. Um, and particularly here in South Florida, we've seen a sh shift to giving importance to the outdoor living space. And, and that, that has really been reflected on the amount of interest that we have for the world. The folks that are coming to us and, and really explain to us that this to them is a priority now, that they want to get it done as quickly as possible because they don't see themselves traveling over the holidays. So right now we're going through a huge end of the year rush for us, which is typically true in most years. But in this one in particular, of so much work that is committed to finish either before Thanksgiving or before Christmas. And, and that is just a testament to folks uh, you know, lives and plans changing as a result of the pandemic. Overall, we've been incredibly lucky uh, going into this. Like I told you, we were very, very nervous about it. But, um, you know, we are very lucky and, and really don't take it for granted that, that our business was able to survive and, and even thrive during a very difficult times. I want to ask you one last question, and I'm not going not to try not to put you on the spot. And this is really a question to you, Felipe. I give you a blank piece of paper and uh, and an unlimited budget to sketch out or envision the outdoor kitchen of your personal dreams. And maybe you have it at your home. I don't know. I've never asked mm -hmm. you this question without getting into what brands you pick and that type of thing. What does that kitchen have in it and how do you use it in your, in your family with your wife and, and your children? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't have a, an outdoor kitchen right now. I, I recently moved into a new house uh, that I purchased with my fiance. Uh, so we are now in that phase of planning the outdoor. And 
Uh, the outdoor kitchen is probably the last thing that I'm going to tackle. I have a, a pool uh, in the scope. I have a pergola in the scope. I have artificial grass. But that being said, I've, I've been thinking a lot about that layout. And, and honestly, I've been working on a couple of drafts. Um, you know, my ideal outdoor kitchen is probably a two-module outdoor kitchen, a, a module in the back and a module in the front, something uh, parallel. It definitely has an extent in the front because from my experience, I'm, I'm the one that does pretty much all the cooking. Um, and sometimes I get lonely by the grill. I love to have people join me, sit by the grill, talk to me, keep me company. Um, so, you know, building that layout around the outdoor kitchen for me is crucial. Uh, so if, if maybe it's something small, we can all dine at the bar at the same time, which is uh, something really, really unique. Um, in that sense, I think the, the, the appliances that I choose, which brand I choose, I'm honestly not sure about, but uh, I definitely need a grill and I need a big grill. 42 inch grill for me is perfect. Although I understand that most folks are, are okay with 36. I do cook and entertain uh, a lot of people sometimes. Uh, I, I need refrigeration. That is crucial. I hate uh, right now. I have a small outdoor kitchen to just get me by. It's it really is just the grill and a double door on a five foot structure, and it drives me insane that I'm always going inside to get the uh, you know the water, the beer, whatever I, I need to go. So definitely, I need that fridge. I need a sink. Uh, another thing that folks sometimes don't think about too much, but as you're prepping, and particularly now, you want to be extra clean. You want to be able to wash things. You want to be able to wash your hands. So sink is a must. Uh, I definitely need a trash. That is the one thing that folks I think overlook on their outdoor kitchen and nothing annoys me more than a dirty countertop or a messy countertop as I'm prepping things. So just being able to clean and throw away quickly. Um, you know, and I'm probably going to be thinking about a power burner as opposed to a side burner so I can have a griddle plate. I'm probably going to be thinking about warming drawers, storage drawers, those type of things. But really, from a layout point of view, to me, it's probably maybe a 12-footer by 10-footer, uh, 12 in the back, 10 in the front, extended uh, countertop at one level. So, you know, a lot of bar counters would be a, a two-level bar counter with that bar at 42. I really like the idea of keeping it clean and keeping it at 36, maybe sitting on, on all three sides of that extended, on the sides and as well as on the front to try and get the most uh, sitting space on it. Um, I'm also very picky about the materials that I choose to go with. Uh, so I'm gonna put a lot of thought into the countertop and I'm probably gonna be going with a porcelain countertop um, because I, I really do think that that's probably gonna be the better product out that, that's in the market. Uh, for your outdoor kitchens and definitely Decton is a very, very good option for that as well as, as others that are in the marketplace. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it's, it's really creating a space where people can gather around the kitchen uh, because that, that was sort of what I grew up with. Um, my folks had an L-shaped outdoor kitchen with bar seating for about eight people. And that's where we used to sit. And some of our, some of, I think our, our, our nicest conversations that me and my brother have had is really just sitting around the barbecue while he's cooking or I'm cooking and maybe we're sharing a beer and just kind of chatting. So um, really a space that, that brings folks together and, um, you know, gives itself to, to those moments is, is important to me. It sounds very much aligned with what I would be doing if I was uh, rebuilding mine. And it, it just brings me to the last thought. You know, often you hear the term for outdoor kitchen referred to as an island. It's often a, a common sort of term. And mm -hmm. in an mm -hmm. indoor environment, the island is exactly as you just described it. It's that place of interactivity where people sit. It's a buffet. It's where you prep. It's not necessarily where the cooking appliance is. And 
the way you're describing it is so cool because in the traditional way of doing an outdoor kitchen, very often the person who's cooking has his or her back to the guests because they're facing the opposite way and be able to flip that. And now thinking of in this outdoors, an island is a part of an overall kitchen versus the kitchen is exactly what, you know, philosophically we believe in. It's trying to really take inspiration from indoor design principles and put them outdoors. So to your exact point, and it's one of the reasons why, and we lose projects on this all the time, we don't do bar height countertops, for example. Like right. you just, you want, because we say you would never see that indoors. You would see right. straight right. levels. So we basically, we, we drew a line in the sands to Fan and I, and we said, if we're not doing it, if it doesn't work indoors, we're not going to do it outdoors. And that's been a big part of our design aesthetic in trying to maintain that kind of continuity between the two spaces. So they're seen at the same level of aesthetic functionality and, and they work together and that's been a big part of uh yeah. big part of what we've done really really fun felipe i've uh i've enjoyed this i mean i've obviously spoken to you many many times and gotten to know you but i feel like i know you even even better today um i uh, i appreciate you investing the time and uh thank you for uh not only for for being a dealer partner of urban bonfire but i think thank you um on an industry-wide level for setting a benchmark for the way things, for the, for the way things should be done and for the type of experience that clients should be getting in this category in terms of your, your attention to detail, how you merchandise, how you do brand selection. I, I really, um, not trying to blow sunshine up your ass, I, I genuinely believe that you guys are at the very, very top of North America in terms of taking this category and showing the realm of possible. So thank you for inspiring others to do it right. It's, no, it's a pleasure. Of course, pleasure. That, that, you know, really means the, the world to us. Um, that, that always has been the goal for us, right? To, to present the product in, in a way that we thought the, the, the segment needed to be represented, to bring a, a sense of professionalism and, and, and really an enjoyable uh, throughout, uh, as you're, you know, building these outdoor living spaces, which folks really, really enjoy. Um, you know, we're incredibly thankful and, and honored about the urban bonfire uh, relationship, precisely because of the things that that you're talking about. For a very long time, and I've, I've told you this before, uh, we've been looking for a partner in the aluminum cabinetry uh, um segment because we've seen uh, that there's a huge opportunity there, particularly in the market that we are in with you know, a tremendous number of high rises and, and the complexities that you have in building masonry out your kitchens in those scenarios. But for a very long time, and we met with a lot of folks, we, we never really saw someone that was approaching uh, the idea of an outdoor kitchen in the way that, that we saw it and, and the segment as a whole in the way that we saw it. The, the, the importance of the lifestyle uh, and, and the of the space less so than just you know the the cabinet or or the barbecue so um when we made that connection early we really realized that that i thought we were very aligned and we're very honored and very grateful to be working with you guys um thank you very much for doing this I, as far as i know this is the first in in that outdoor living space and um i'm very excited and I'm very honored to, to be a part of this conversation today and hopefully some in the future there will certainly be others in the future i wish you your staff your family continued health and safety 
Thank you for investing your time with uh, with me today. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I will speak to you very, very soon. Stay well. Of course. Take care, Ryan. This is Ryan Bloom. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Fireside Chat with Felipe Londono of Luxa Patio in Miami, Florida. I sure learned a lot and loved hearing more about his story, how starting their business in 2005 and growing it over the last 15 years, all with family members, has turned Luxa Patio into the true success that it is today. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us on Apple on the podcast series. Join our conversation on LinkedIn on YouTube, and of course, on Instagram, at Urban Bonfire. We'd love to hear from you. If you have an idea for the Fireside Chat, questions, comments, we'd love to hear what you're thinking. Let us know anytime. Until next time, thanks so much for listening.